home to tell you guys like all the yeah. clues I can. The call's coming from inside the house. I don't know. Like this trunk is really dark. I'm sorry, the, you guys. This is but... no, like this. This is like full on the lighting from Unfriended. It is. <laughs> don't unfriend me. Ah! <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Have You Tried Not Being a Podcast here on that hashtag show. I'm Yel Teagle. I'm joined by the silliest of faces. Um, today, Chris is here. Hello, Chris. Hi, Yale. Hello. Um, also, Tony is here. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Sorry, filming from the inside of a car trunk, apparently. <laughs> so every duck can hear um that's sorry okay. everybody we're honored that you're with us here today uh pride month is so close it is almost here uh so we are going to spend some time discussing pride but specifically we are discussing the commodification of gay culture because every year at pride you will see floats and groups and swag from big corporations uh, and you're probably wondering, what does Wells Fargo have to do with pride? Also, you'll notice that around this time of year, you can walk into any store and right up front, we will have some great rainbow gear. And usually by great, I mean terrible. Um, <laughs> but that's what happens to at least the U.S., during these months and so we thought we should talk about it tony why don't you start us off yeah so uh the thing that we're talking about is uh rainbow capitalism right or pink capitalism and that's the incorporation of lgbtq plus identity into capitalism and the market economy um the reason why we see you know just this explosion of rainbows around you know late may early june is because in 2019 the national lgbt chamber of commerce estimated the buying power of the lgbt community at 917 billion not m with a b billion in the same year, Gallup says that 10 million Americans identify as LGBTQ+. So, I mean, it's a huge, huge share uh, of the market. And obviously, there is money to be had there, right? Especially if you can tap into, you know, our community. Unfortunately, what they think <laughs> tapping into our community means is just slapping a rainbow on anything and everything. And look, listen, I, did I just buy rainbow socks from Vans the other day? Yes, I did. Why? Because they're adorable. But does that mean I'm going to buy everything off of Target's Pride Collection? Election? No. Have you seen what's going on over there? Absolutely not. But where this becomes more insidious is when this supposed support for our community isn't exactly lining up with uh, the company's actions. You know, we've heard in the past about, you know, companies, you know, still donating to anti-LGBTQ plus policies and uh, politicians under the guise of like, well, it's good market, you know, and business because they vote favorably for us for in economic, you mm -hmm. know, decisions. But then it's like, you can't come to pride or slap a rainbow on some merch and then turn around in the same, at the same time and just actively work against our own interests. It's just, it, it's the very definition of hypocritical. Yeah. A super easy example that I usually cite to people is banks because banks always have some sort of presence at pride. Yeah, so I, I do want to point out that rainbow capitalism isn't inherently bad. It's just that, unfortunately, because of the large amount of examples that we can talk about throughout this episode, it's 
taking on a negative connotation. However, you know, for example, you know, I was a part of the Orlando uh, LGBTQ uh, community. I lived there for five years. I used to live 10 minutes away from Pulse. So that first Pride after Pulse, it was just a huge outpouring of support for the community because I think what, you know, this should, it should never take a tragedy to, to have this happen, right? But Pulse was the worst case scenario, you know, so it really threw the issue of LGBT support into really, really stark contrast. You know, if you're not supporting our community that has been targeted, attacked, and it's currently in need, then what are you supporting? You know, so after that, every downtown business, you know, had rainbow flags in their windows, you know, Orlando City Soccer Club, they stopped play during the 49th minute. They stopped for 49 seconds in order to honor the 49 victims that were lost. They inside 49 rainbow seats. They sold Orlando United shirts to benefit the Contigo Fund and the Better Together Fund, you know, so there was, in my mind, like, it was necessary. It was necessary to see that community come together and to actively see that, you know, no matter how big or how small the business that, you know, we really needed to know that our community was there, especially for that huge, huge group of uh, those affected uh, by mm -hmm. that tragedy. That said, though, at the same time, it wasn't long after the tragedy, you know, people quickly realized that people saw us as an opportunity and that people were targeting us via Facebook ads, social media ads, you know, trying to throw rainbow, you know, merchandise at us. And so very quickly, the community realized what was happening. And we basically had to pull together in order to highlight, you know, who are the local businesses that are actually either selling merch or, you know, for example, local businesses that would uh, designate a particular week or month or day as, you know, all proceeds are going to go to, you know, this particular, uh, you know, group or fund of survivors or those affected. So, I mean, sometimes it can be as, you know, benign as just a rainbow t-shirt and it can be as malicious as people trying to take advantage of a terrible tragedy. Yeah, or, or just taking advantage of like the positive feelings that come with pride as well, right? Like, right. And I, I just wanted to quickly say that I think that all of this started or I think it was a sign that capitalist culture and corporate culture and marketing culture was shifting at, from the notorious ad of Kendall Jenner and Pepsi. Yes. Which was not a specifically a gay thing, but it was like people making peace over a can of Pepsi. So stupid. Anyways, we don't have to talk about that, but. Well, I think what we should definitely be talking about are companies that are notoriously not great um, deciding to profit off of rainbow dollars. Um, yes. So I want to talk a little bit about Disney specifically um, because Disney is the merchandise king what they have announced is they have a rainbow collection, which from what I understand is incredibly difficult to find on their store. Um, and it doesn't say pride anywhere, but in addition to selling a rainbow collection, they're also donating to some organizations. I have a few listed here. We have one called Arelas, Belong to Youth Services, Diversity Role Models, Glisten, It Gets Better Project, Minus 18, and Nijiro Diversity. There are many more that they are donating to, according to their website. Um, but again, Disney is not the one that you think of when you think of, oh, right, they are pro-equality. I think it's easy to assume that they are because, you know, Disneyland does have like a, a pride 
like a, one of those pride celebration days. Disneyland or... has a day that is allowed to be called gay day. It is not official. Right. It's it not official. Not anything related and, to the parks. And, and also because our community does relate to villains <laughs> from the Disney franchise. <laughs> um, but besides that, no, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't say that. I'm so glad you brought up Disney because they have just a very complicated past to say the least with our community because uh, I don't know if you guys uh, remember this, but back in the 80s, a gay couple was thrown out of Disneyland for quote unquote homosexual fast dancing. And basically it was the policy of the parks that, yeah, you couldn't know we don't allow touch dancing and because we're a family environment. So of course there was this huge court case. These, uh, these two individuals, these two gay men basically took Disney to court and said that you're infringing upon our civil rights. You know, dancing is a protected form of free speech. Um, and essentially the courts found in their favor Disney interpreted that as, all right, fine, those two particular gay men are allowed to dance in our parks, but nobody else, nope, no other gays are allowed. <laughs> and so a few years later, another uh, group of gay men were thrown out for homosexual dancing. Fast dancing. Fast dancing, yes. Uh, by the way, Defunct Glenn has a wonderful t-shirt that says, let's go a homosexual fast dancing. I've already ordered it. I'm really excited for it Ooh. to get here. Yes. Uh, and all proceeds do go to the Trevor Project. Ooh, um, Ooh I want one. No. <laughs> so uh, basically, it took a couple of court cases in order for Disney to finally, silently, passively let go of their anti-homosexual policy. Uh, <laughs> so all this was basically under the guise of like, okay, yes, we want, you know, uh, everyone to be here and to be, and of course we're going to monitor the dancing in order to make sure it's family friendly because we're still a family friendly environment, but nobody was at all, you know, it's not like the gays just showed up to Lombada, right? It's just literally people who wanted to slow dance or dance with their partners. And all of a sudden that was an issue, right? So that was something that happened and it wasn't that long ago, right? Just the 80s. And then Chris, you brought up Gay Days, which is an unofficial Disney event. And what it was originally established uh, for was that gay families wanted to pick a day where they could show up in numbers so that way they would feel a sense of protection because they didn't feel comfortable going to the parks. They felt like they would be targets of discrimination if they just showed up, you know, one at a time at random times. So they picked a day and said, we're all going to show up so that way we just feel a little bit more comfortable going as a group, right? It's now become, you know, a week-long, you know, gay festivities, parties, you know, uh, hotel and pool parties everywhere. Uh, so it's become much bigger than what it was originally intended for. But Disney figured out that we don't have to officially endorse these sorts of events. It's just an unofficial event. And they do that with a lot of different events, you know, like the Dapper Day events and different other sort of events. Uh, Disney events that aren't organized by Disney. So then kind of became this trend of like the passive approval, you know, the very like, yes, bring your dollars to us. We won't say no. Obviously, the company is allowed to evolve. Their stances are allowed to evolve. You know, I remember when I worked there, I used to work at Walt Disney World uh, around the time that the Boy Scouts, they were really on that whole anti-trans policy of theirs. Disney removed them as an official volunteer partner because- okay. Yeah. So it was like, no, you can't just okay. go ahead and discriminate against, especially when you considered that, you know, a large 
portion, or not a large portion, but a considerable portion of their workforce is queer. And then you mentioned the Rainbow Collection, and some of that also includes rainbow versions of Marvel and Star Wars merch. But, you know, I'm sure, you know, we've talked about it a couple of times about the queer baiting <laughs> that Star Wars and Marvel has been, you know, very obviously guilty of, you know, it's like, please buy this merch. It's just very like, yeah, it's a very, very convoluted, complicated history. Yeah. yeah. Also, I looked at the um, listings of all of these charities that Disney was donating to, and I didn't see any numbers. Like, how much are you donating to these organizations? That's a really great point. As you point that out, I, I want to note about Lego, who has released an Everyone is Awesome, a new rainbow-colored Lego set introducing 346 pieces, specifically uh, for LGBTQ Pride Month. You can start getting it June 1st, and it has different figurines for each color of the Lego's rainbow. So that's black, brown, red, orange, yellow, green, dark blue, purple, light blue, white, and pink. There's no information about what that money goes to or if they're helping anyone yeah the only thing that i saw was on their blog post announcement for it like and it wasn't it never explicitly said oh a percentage of the proceeds will go to this organization it was just saying that you know we work really hard on diversity in our own workplace and we also are constantly working with these specific organizations but it never was specific about it so again besides the fact that i don't really like the set i think it's quite on the nose for me i also don't like, I don't like having to worry when I spend my money, especially on a large corporation like Lego, whether or not it's actually going towards to benefit my community or if it's going to them because they don't need it. Yeah. Um, another big co company um, that is donating some money is Uno. This one came up in my Instagram. Game? Yes. Uno is getting <laughs> a little colorful for Pride. Okay. They've teamed up with Mattel and It Gets Better to create a special Uno Play with Pride edition for Pride Month. The limited edition rainbow card game is available for $5.99 and can be only purchased at Target which we're going to talk about Target in just a second, but Mattel is going to donate 50 grand to the It Gets Better project. Wow, a whole 50 grand. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. So I, much money from a $7 billion company. So, yeah. so generous. Thank you. I have a problem when uh, companies, they sell merch, right? Mm. And then they've just decided that we're, this is the flat amount that we're just going to give. Because you know for a fact they're not just giving that flat amount without anticipating the sales from their merch to just completely right. surpass that that dollar amount. Also, I to add on to that, Tony, I can't help but roll my eyes whenever I see anything less than a hundred k right from from giant companies like that. Right. Yeah. It's like, like fifty. Like fifty. Fifty k is, is paltry. Another one. This one is a higher amount. Hollister is donating 250000 to Glisten. And they have a very specific note that's saying that your purchase of any Pride collection items does not affect the donation. So they're All going right. to give two hundred fifty k. Here's the thing about Hollister. For those who don't know, it is owned by Abercrombie & Fitch. Mm -hmm. Abercrombie & Fitch and Hollister have both gotten into... Lot. A lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, over the years, lots of trouble. Specifically about their exclusivity, like their active choices 
to exclude people. And Hollister themselves got into multiple lawsuits about accessibility because they intentionally made their stores have steps to enter and not make it available to anyone who needed accommodations to enter. So they're a very exclusive company. Colored company, and not in a good way. <laughs> that chose to be like, look, we're inclusive today. I appreciate the fact that they've straight up just said that like, don't expect that you purchasing this merch is going to move the needle any. I appreciate the dollar amount because I mean, tw- you know, a quarter of a mil is definitely way better than just 50,000. But the best thing you can do is just donate 100% of your proceeds, right? 100%. Especially- or just do both, right? Like, like right. I think that's a great act of good faith is to give a chunk amount of money Exactly. Um, in case the collection doesn't sell well, and then also say that, okay, and also we're giving the proceeds from the collection to yeah. also. Be- because because I, I, I also don't like the idea of just being like, oh, we'll give some of the proceeds to this org because that's pressuring us to buy it to make sales for them. Right. So it- let's talk about Target. So okay. every year, <laughs> Target has the worst rainbow swag. It's, not it's great. terrible. Agreed. Agreed. But- I mean, most of their clothes in general is not great. Different conversation. (laughs) (laughs) But Target has been collaborating with Glisten for 10 years, which I think is something very interesting because I could have sworn Target also donated to campaigns. Um, Right. So as of uh, January 2021, we know that Target has confirmed they're pausing political donations after the Capitol riots. And moving forward, they will be a little more um, aware of who they're giving money to. So glad it took a Capitol riot for them to do that. Um, it's great. So a whole great. tourist visit to yeah. the Capitol. <laughs> like, could we find any specifics on what it means to collab with Glisten, they said that we are proud uh, of ten years of collaboration with Glisten and continue to support their mission. So I think they give them money. I just don't know how much. I, I did want to point out that Target. One thing that they announced in 2018 was that they were going to commit 20 million dollars to installing gender-neutral bathrooms in all of its stores. And I have okay, seen, that's cool. yeah, that they are doing stuff, but it's just kind of like I don't think that we're unfair to just be very suspicious of these mm-hmm. large brands and corporations that. If you've been around long enough, inevitably you're going to have some skeleton in your closet, some terrible story that just makes us go, oh, you did that, didn't you? Hmm. I just think it's interesting that specifically that the Uno cards are only available at Target. Yeah. Because it's like we're doubling our income on your rainbow dollars. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about Kellogg. They are marking their latest collaboration between Kellogg and Glad, who has a campaign this year. Uh, It is the limited edition Together with Pride cereal. Their slogan is boxes are for cereal, not people. And they made this new cereal that I don't know how it tastes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, you can get involved with the boxes or for cereal challenge on TikTok, and for every box purchased and um, by uploading your receipt, Kellogg's will donate three dollars, up to a hundred and forty k. A hundred and forty k from Kellogg's. I I pulled the numbers. Kellogg's is worth twenty two billion dollars, and all you can give is that much money. Hollister isn't doing that hot, and they're giving more money. <laughs> How is Hollister doing better than Kellogg? And I love also, how they've just decided to cap it. Yeah. Also, like, I don't, I don't like, I, I don't, I never like 
hashtag campaigns from corporations. I never like them because it still means that you're doing something to help promote that company and make them look good. I mean, that's kind of what this has become. Pride yeah. has become a marketing campaign for corporations. I personally don't like a cap on a big corporation's donations. I, I understand on a person. I understand on yeah. uh, a group of people, uh, a small business. I don't understand a cap on a corporation. I also don't understand on if it's a pro like a proceed, then it there shouldn't be a cap. Right. It just I listen. I used to be in uh, in corporate marketing, and it you know you you choose your words very carefully, right? And you're also at the end of the day still trying to one fill up your marketing calendar, right? And I think for the longest time these brand what did they do in June? before Pride Month became like the trend for corporations to jump on. What was it? Like summer. Summer? Ooh, ah, like I'm sure we were just all a titter at the summer collections or the summer merch that these people were not putting out. So now they've gone ahead and hit on this, you know, it, it, I, I really do believe that a lot of these companies, they see it as a trend. I do think that there are companies that are trying to make good on that promise of being, you know, inclusive and supportive, especially when they recognize a, a huge portion of their customer base and their workforce. They are queer or, you know, queer allies. There's just so much bullshit to wade through. And the thing is, like, you know, I went to the L.A. Pride, you know, it, it was supposed to be the L.A. Pride Parade last year. And, you know, of course, it turned into the All, Live, uh, All Black Lives Matter um, Solidarity March. Um, and just having that corporate branding, you know, sponsorships, part, having all of that removed, it was just like, wow, it's incredible. Just to like, and now going back, like, I don't think I'm going to be able to see pride you know celebrations like no that. seriously like i think like i'm honestly starting to think that that's probably one of the reasons why i don't go to pride anymore i have a lot of friends who have encouraged me to celebrate community by like working with my community actually you know like not in not going to a concert with like this big name that they got because it's pride mm. you know by participating and volunteering for the aids walk um by working with queer youth and because because like <laughs> I don't want I don't want someone asking me if I thought about refinancing when I'm walking through the pride. <laughs> I don't. But the interest rates are really low, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can lock you in at a really low rate. <laughs> <laughs> I think you make some really amazing points. There are lots of brands again that are doing pride things this year. Mm -hmm. uh, think about where you spend your your dollars. And I know that we're going to talk a lot more about Pride through the month, um, especially the history of Pride and and why it makes no sense to have a big corporation at this parade. But um, any final thoughts on? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say that, you know, this year is, it, it'll mark the five-year anniversary of Pulse. There is, uh, if you go to onepulsefoundation.org, they have an entire week of, of events to actually honor and support the community, especially since the One Pulse Foundation, they are still currently trying to fundraise cool. in order to actually create that memorial, that museum, and fund those. Are, are some of them virtual, Tony? Yes, yes. So cool. there is, in fact, a virtual 5K that I plan on taking part in. So I definitely encourage everybody to either, you know, either direct your efforts towards the One Pulse Foundation, you know, because that anniversary is on June 12th, or do something to support your own LGBT community, your own local community. I wanted to chime in real quickly and uh, encourage mutual funds. Hmm. 
I'm not being facetious when I say that. I'm I, when I say mutual funds, I mean like funds that like the community has the power to spend, like mm-hmm. however they want. Like that that's something that I've been reading a lot more about is like that that's a problem with like nonprofit orgs sometimes is that like there's there can be the sense of like well they give money depending on what they think is right. Right. And they're usually run by people that have privilege. Right. Um, and I just really wanted to quickly say that, like, I do also want to acknowledge that the fact that pride is in mainstream, I think, indication of progress, because I do think that being part of the mainstream does offer us a sense of safety and acceptance to a degree. That being said, like, acknowledging that this is a good step, that the next step is to hold these corporations accountable and to, like we've been saying, say, ask them, like, are you actually working hard to make sure that our community is being treated well at your company? Do people feel comfortable working with you? And do they actually like working at your company? Because at the end of the day, like the the lineage of pride has always been an act of defiance. So it can be complicated. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I definitely think that if we can step away from this as a community with any sort of lesson is we do hold a lot of social, financial, and political power Mm -hmm. and influence and that we have to own that power and we have to be cognizant of how we choose to, you know, utilize that power. These folks wouldn't be out there slapping rainbows on everything <laughs> if they didn't see us as like, oh, that's a that's a that, that's a community that we really have to be mindful of. We can't afford to be passive. No. All right, let's move on to a little bit uh, happier, happier notes. Um, It is time for Astrology Hour with Chris. I mean, I don't know if I would say that's like happy because like, (laughs) but what I'm about to talk about, but that's fine. It's much more pleasant. Yeah, it's more, it's it's less charged, let's say. So basically, I have been studying a lot of astrology lately. And since this is a queer podcast, and I know that, most of us love astrology and magic stuff like that. So if you don't know, um, on Saturday or Friday, Mercury is going to go into retrograde in Gemini, which is in its home sign in traditional astrology, which just means that it's going to be like, it's going to have all its resources. So if you don't know, um, I recommend you just think about Sailor Mercury from Sailor Moon. You know, the fact that they're good with tech, the fact that they're a great student, really a nerd brain type of person. That's kind of what Mercury rules over. So, and I think this is a really great time since this is my first astrology section in this podcast. I can explain what Mercury retrograde actually means since it's a term that gets thrown around a lot, including by people who don't understand what it means to make fun of astrology. So what Mercury retrograde just means is, is think about when you're on a highway and there are two cars and then one car slows down. It's still going in the same direction, but like it looks like it's going backwards now, even though it's not. That is meant to signify that the way that we are using information, the way that we process information, the way that we speak and communicate with with each other, we're meant to be going back in some sort of way. Like going back to look at something, reckoning with the consequences of something that you said, sometimes tech glitching out a little bit. You know, it's it's that sense of like, oh, I drove a couple of miles, but I forgot my wallet. And hopefully I'm going to learn from that experience and not forget my wallet next time. And also just for a fair warning for everybody, like everybody that I know in the astrology community that I am a part of, that is mainly QT BIPOC, yes. We're not worried because like last year was really bad. This year is not that bad. It's just that it is, um, it's very loaded with a lot of difficult things um, in this time of year because 
um, specifically this Mercury retrograde it starts off with a square to Neptune and a square just means like a 90 degree angle on a circular chart. And that just essentially means that things could get confusing for the next six weeks. So over communicate and try to be like super crystal clear with people, like really double check with people. Like, did you get what I said? That type of stuff. So yeah, that's my astrology hour. Interesting. Tony, do you have any questions? Does this all make sense to you? My anxiety is so jacked up right now. <laughs> and when is it over? When can I relax? <laughs> um, it's in, it's in, it starts uh, on Friday or Saturday and it's for six weeks. Six weeks. That's my hot girl summer. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Chris for that terrifying astrology. Again, it's not meant to be terrifying. It's meant to teach you something. It's meant to teach you something, okay? All right. As we may have mentioned, Pride Month is just around the corner. Um, and today, Chris also brought us an interesting discussion about mm. any upcoming live in-person events. Yeah, thanks so much, Yale. So NYC Pride recently announced that they are requesting a smaller police presence through 2025. And last week in the New York Times, the editorial board uh, uh, wrote about Sergeant Anna Arboleda of the Gay Officers Action League, who felt that instead of being embraced, they were being thrown back into the closet. And the article was arguing for the importance of the presence of the police and for officers to express their solidarity with the LGBTQIA community, stating, taking a pledge to protect and serve your city should not mean sacrificing the chance to be included in a community celebration of your identity. The op-ed went on to say how hurtful it is to LGBTQIA officers fighting for reform for the community. The piece concludes that these claims widens the divide between the police and community when things should be more inclusive. Quote, it's a poke in the eye at law enforcement more than a meaningful action to address police violence or foster a dialogue about law enforcement reform. These moves do nothing to celebrate and demonstrate solidarity within the LGBTQ community. This kind of, I guess, I don't know if I would say made headlines, but it got on LGBTQ Twitter quite quickly when Mara Gay tweeted it, um, who was part of the New York Times editorial board saying, let uniformed LGBTQ officers march. So Tony and Yale, what do you think about police at Pride? I think it's a really interesting uh, discussion. I think that one of the big things we've talked about um, over the last year is what is a police presence responsibility? Like, what is it that we are asking them to do? So in terms of a mm. pride parade, we are asking them to monitor traffic and um, keep people safe if there are weapons, stand by the medical tent in case someone needs help. But that's all I want to see from police presence at Pride. In terms of in the parade, I think it kind of goes back to our earlier discussion of who gets to march in the parade. Mm -hmm. Do corporations get to send their queer employees? Maybe. Should police send their queer employees? Maybe. I think it's interesting to have this idea of who should march versus who should be there to protect. And I don't think that we need a police presence of uniformed officers who are not part of the community monitoring the streets, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. I've always felt like, at least when I was younger and, and used to go and get drunk at the parade, I always felt very unsafe with the amount of straight men with weapons ogling the women. Mm -hmm. uh, so... I don't know that I want a lot of police at a pride parade. What do you guys think? The one thing that the entire community has to be aware of is the fact that, you know, especially 
just between the three of us. I mean, we're three light-skinned, I believe we're all cisgender members of the community. So we're not some of the most targeted or vulnerable members of our community. When Mm -hmm. we talk about people who feel very unsafe around police, it also happens to be people who have been targeted. I mean, and we talk about, you know, Stonewall was a riot. And people seem to forget that that riot was against, you know, gay and trans and LGBT activists and just regular people fighting against the police because the police kept on, you know, harassing and brutalizing our community. So there is a fraught history there. And I think it's one that has to be confronted and dealt with. And especially uh, queer people of color, black queer people, uh, black trans women and black trans men who are, yeah, very much have been, uh, brutalized by the police Mm -hmm. since then we're filming on the one-year anniversary of the george floyd murder Um, they still haven't put across any police reform legislation we still haven't seen enough preemptive police reform measures being taken by these law enforcement agencies so it just kind of seems weird where it's like we want you guys to be held accountable but then they're like no we want to come to the party and it's like what are you doing i think Um, you make a great point and and i think that in terms of security, let's talk outside the parade for a sec. There will always be a place there for police to do their job. But that's the thing. Just, I, I think but it doesn't involve them being very visible components of the actual celebration. Yeah, right. but I think one of the things that we've been asking for, and I think that would be phenomenal, is if we could get rid of what we know as police and and have different sectors that deal with different things, right? right. So yeah having traffic people who deal with traffic that would be very helpful at a parade right having having medical people at medical tents yes as opposed to police helpful things and and you know one of the great things that came out um of the last year is is discussions of what social workers do and what uh, mental health professionals do and that they deal with people in nonviolent ways and that would be helpful to see and yes, maybe you do need something of a security presence for any large gathering, but that's it. Outside of the parade, that's all we need. We don't need what we know of as police right now. Yeah, and so, see something that also, sorry, Tony, um, just Go real quick, I, I just wanted to say that what, something that also annoyed me about what the article said was like, well, you know, like even if you hire a, a security, you know, like a private security team, they're, they're made of X, police people or police people who are off duty. I'm, and I'm like, okay, but I would rather get a private security company because they're because they're actually more beholden to the law and a contract, whereas police have much more, many more protections if they do some fucked up shit. That's right. a really great point right. is that even they still have the mentality of the police, but they also don't have the protections. And in terms of allowing police to uh, actually march in the parade, I think Tony makes some really great points in that Stonewall was a riot against the police. Um, yeah. And it kind of feels backwards to let them in. That said, there are queer members of the police. Yes. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's so strange that this is about whether or not they want people to march in uniform. So it's not that they're actually prohibiting those queer police officers from marching at all. They just don't want them to march in uniform. And I don't understand why you just can't slap on a shirt that says law enforcement, queer law enforcement, or what have you. And you guys can come to the parade, be part, take part. It just seems very weird that that the line is, no, we want to show up. In in, uniform. In uniform. And it's like, yeah, like 
that what feels statement like you're trying to make right because like um you know like a, a lot of a lot of really well-known writers like um Saeed Jones like publicly replied to this tweet saying like how dare you post something like this because with what happened last year in June how could we comfortably include police like official police presence in pride I think this is something that a lot of non-progressive people like touting back at us of being like, oh, well, you said that you're inclusive, right? So how come you're not including me, even though like I have like a horrible historical context (laughs) wrapped up with me. And I'm so tired of that argument because, oh, I'm sorry, like I'm a bad person for not including someone that has a proclivity for violence and has a gun and and sticks to, to hit me with. Like, there's no meaning in the middle. Like, I I understand that inclusion is a good thing, but, like, you're not going to be a better person by me, like, being nice to you. Right. And I think there's a difference between excluding an individual versus excluding a system, an agency. Mm. It's just that you don't get to bring the markings and the regalia of that system. Yeah, like, what does it it mean to so badly want to wear that regalia to, to pride, to something that was started... In, in rebellion towards how oppressive your system and your department has been to us. Yeah, I just feel like it's like, is it so that way they can go ahead and post themselves at the party? See, see, that's another like, thing. Yeah, that's another so that thing. They can like say, make a statement against like, you know, the larger law enforcement agency itself. And it's like, I'm queer and you know me. And it's like, okay, but you don't need the backdrop of an entire community then because then you're just kind of using the community as a prop at that point. yeah like i totally agree with you that's what i thought at first is it's like oh great another photo op where like you know a, a a black a black person can hug like a police person and then everybody's like oh everything's great now you know like there's some good ones in the police e- even though the system is awful it's just it, it's it's incredible the mental gymnastics that's involved with that kind of assertion like the whole point of police being there is to help us feel safe but we don't feel safe around them and and so if we don't feel safe around them then then like why 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 have pride at all right i know that we could like go on forever about this but i i just really wanted to say to say that like just because that you are an lgbtq member does not mean that you cannot be oppressive towards other people yes absolutely um yes. absolutely all right uh we're going to move along here although many brands are selling us rainbow <laughs> stuff just earn our rainbow dollars we hear it have you tried not being a podcast are spotlighting lgbtq plus owned companies especially ones that are giving back to our own community so i want to tell you about fluid beauty again but before i do that i want to remind everyone we did a giveaway and we have our winner selected so our winner of the lunch in Paris bow tie from our partner Bowtie Behavior is Mary K. Amy uh, at Amy Edge. So congratulations to Mary K. Amy. Yay. Yay. Congratulations. We will be in contact for you to get your bow tie. For everyone else, Bowtie Behavior is offering a discount code through the rest of 2021. That code is hashtag... For 10% off. Again, that is H A S H T A G for 10% off until December 31st, 2021. But also, Fluid Beauty is who we're spotlighting. So, Fluid is a mission driven beauty brand that creates vegan, cruelty free, paraben free products designed for all skin shades and gender expressions. Fluid believes makeup is joyful and fun, as well as powerful and transformative. 
and nobody should be left out. Fluid has donated to a number of LGBTQ plus advocacy and nonprofit organizations since the company's inception and giving back is central to their brand. We also have a coupon code for you there. Um, you can get 25% off all orders using the code hashtag show 25. That's the word hashtag spelled out show 25. And those are who we are spotlighting today. Thank you all so much for our big beginning of Pride episode. Um, we'll continue talking about Pride all Pride month long. But until next episode, Tony, where are you on the internet and what are you up to? Um, you guys can find me on all social media at the Tony Sanchez, Tony with the nice Sanchez with a Z. You guys can catch me. Uh, I have a couple of other podcasts. Uh, you can catch me geeking out on the Astonishing X show where we talk about uh, animated X-Men. And we also throw in some uh, critiques of live action X-Men. Oh, my God. We're about to go ahead. Oh, and, boy. Uh, yeah. Oh, dude, boy. We're, we're, we're leading up to X2 and like, oh, so excited for that. Um, I'm also a frequent guest host on uh, the Fresh Podcast of L.A. It's a Will Smith appreciation podcast uh we're currently going through each individual episode of the fresh prince of bel air um really great show actually in season one so <laughs> actually <laughs> it's been a lot of fun yeah so catch me there awesome and chris what are you up to where can you be found Cool. So uh, you can find me everywhere at One Winged Chris. That's one spelled out. And um, you can find me on TikTok, on YouTube, uh, mainly on Twitter, talking about either astrology or Sailor Moon. Um, oh, the movie! The movie's coming out. I'm so excited. Um, and uh, I still have stuff that I don't know if I can talk about yet. But what I can talk about is that I was recently on the Geeks Out podcast. Um, super excited for that to be coming out. We talk about the fact that Katy Perry had Pikachu in her music video and whatever. Um, and uh, also I was on the Blurred Girls uh, show also on her Twitch channel. Um, and I, of course, remember to plug this podcast both times. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. I'm Yell Teagle. I'm everywhere at Yell Teagle. That's Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. -E and you can find me here with Tony and Chris always on Have You Tried Not Being a Podcast? On that hashtag show. So subscribe, like, rate, review, comment, thumbs up, do all the things. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>